Well, good afternoon and thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one is uh, Make Good Writing a Part of Your Skill Set. Also talking with uh, Christina uh, about three ways to maintain company culture. And uh, right now we're going to sort out the confusion over corporate tax rates with Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray. Good afternoon, Tony. Hello, Julian. How are you? I'm, th- I'm well, thank you. So uh, it, it has been a bit of a nightmare, is not it, this uh, corporate tax uh, rate? And you're going to sort all our confusion out for us? Uh, I, I don't think I'll sort it out, but I think I'll, I'll highlight a couple of things that have, um, that have been going on. And, and um, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, I, I firmly believe now the um, the Labor Party on the weekend won four, I think, out of the five, or, or a very high number. I think they may have won all of them of the uh, of the by elections um, that that had come up the Super Saturday, and um, I put it down to um, the, the the cut in the corporate tax rates. Now, I, I honestly think the uh, the Labor Party has seized on this um, corporate tax cut that the Libs are trying to get through. Um, from their proposal, of course, is from 30% to get all companies down to paying 25% over a long period of time. You know, this is forward planning to 2027. Oh. Um, they, and they haven't sold it properly. They've, they've mismanaged the whole process. Um, and I just thought I'd share with you today just the mess that accountants are in in <laughs> trying to solve <laughs> in trying to solve all of this. What, what do you think is the number one question that people ask accountants, Julian? Tell me the number hey, one question. How much tax do I have to pay? How much tax do I have to pay? It would have to be about 99% of the, of the, of the questions that are asked to, to accountants. And in, uh, going back before the year ended, up until um, the 2015 year, if you're running a small business and you're running a company, the answer was very, very simple. If you're running a large company, small, if it was an investment company that just had in, um, interest and passive income, the rate was 30%. Franking okay. credits were 30%. It was very, very simple back then. All of a sudden, they decided to change it, and they started to drop it um, in the year end of 2016 so that some companies paid tax at 30%, but others paid it at 28.5%. Now, if you're one of the lucky ones to get it at 28.5%, you had to meet the definition of this thing called a small business entity, which I think we've spoken about on your program yeah, before. Yeah. And that's changed and over that, the years too, hasn't it? And that's... That's changed over the years as well. So here's, here's the shifting sense. So if you're an SBE, pardon the, the acronym, a, a small business entity, it means that you're a, a small business turning over less than $2 million and you're running an enterprise. You're, run, you're actually running a business. Yeah. Now, what happened back then was going back to, let's say you've got a small investment company in it that either, say, owns a rental property or it's got uh, earned some interest or dividends. That, that company is earning passive income. And the understanding for at least my 36 years of being an accountant, is that that's not running a business. That's actually just a passive investment. And so you, they did not qualify... Our, our understanding was they did not qualify mm-hmm. for the lower tax rate. So here we, here we went away thinking, OK, well, these, these companies pay... The passive income ones pay tax at 30%. If you're running a business, you're down to 28.5%. Then fast forward another year, 2017, year, they dropped it again to 27.5%. They changed the definition of under 2 million turnover to under 10 million turnover. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. In November of 2017, five months into that new financial year, we've already, you know, prepared, diligently lodged and prepared tax returns for five months. 
the ATO came out with a ruling to say, you know what, we reckon that all companies are carrying on a business. All of them are small business entities. And we just doubled back. And of course, this happened in November. No one paid any attention to it in December because it was Christmas. Everyone's on holidays in, in January. So it wasn't until February that people started waking up going, what, hang on, say so, so what? So according to the ATO, that little company that just earned, say, $10,000 in rent, dividends, interest, that's actually a small business entity. That's, that's now subject to the lower... Um, tax um, right Now, there's a bit of sort of underhandedness in this because on one hand they say, well, yeah, we'll give you the lower tax break, the lower tax rate, but also when you start paying dividends out, even though you may have paid tax at 30% for the last you know, 20 years, when you go to pay a dividend out, you can only frank it at 27.5%. So there was a bit of underhandedness going on here with that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, they said, well, you know, if you, every company gets this rate. So we went, all right, okay, that's fine. Now, for the current year, the 2018 financial year, here we are now um, just over one month into the new financial year. This is the dilemma that accountants have, right? Yeah. The client says to you, how much tax do I have to pay? So now the new, they're proposing to change um, a, the definition of a small business entity and get rid of that. And, by the way, the numbers, by the way, have moved from $10 million, it's now $25 million, So the... Yeah. The sands keep shifting around, so even more and more businesses are now um, classified as small. But they've introduced now a new term called a base rate entity. So we get rid of one acronym and we bring in a new one. <laughs> it's no longer a, a small, small business. business. Now, a, yeah, so a base rate entity, because they, they were confronted with this question around entities, companies that have passive income. So now they're proposing these new rules that say, well... What will happen is if more than 80% of your income is passive, you go back to paying tax at 20, 30%. So that little company that's only earning 10 grand in rent and interest and dividends, that will, it, it'll pay tax at 20, 30%, 28, 27 and a half, but for June 18, it's gonna go back to paying tax at 30. <laughs> now, now, again, that would all be terrific and understandable and you know we'd, we'd be able to digest it, if the legislation is passed, we don't even know if the legislation... This is only a proposal. Okay. So the ATA, So here we are, account, we're doing June 18 returns right now. So what, what do we do? And we've said this to the tax office, what do we do? And they've said, well, um, you've got a few choices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like anything in life, you have a few choices. One yeah. of them is to do nothing. But, but if we prepare a return under the proposed legislation and eventually it doesn't get in... We've got to go back and amend all those returns. If we do the returns under the old way and the new legislation comes in, got we've got to go back and, oh, my God, what, like, what do we do? Flip a coin and go, well, on the balance of probabilities, you know, we reckon that, we reckon that this thing will come in. So we seriously, we do not know, sitting right here, right now, at, at the start of August... How do the tax for June 2019? How, we, how we're actually preparing returns for the June 18 year because of this new definition oh. that's been proposed, but it's not legislation, and if it becomes legislation, it gets backdated to the 1st of July oh. 17. Oh, okay. I want to I retire. <laughs> so just, just, to, just to find base rate entity for me again. Yeah, so a base rate entity is um, is one that earns more than 80% of its income from from passive income sources, okay? So if you're, if you're a BRE, this base rate entity, 
So you're just a passive investment company. All you do is get dividends, rent and interest. More than 80% of your by income, not by taxable okay. income, by gross income, yeah. is, is passive. Then you go back to paying 30 cents in the dollar. You're stuck at 30 cents in the dollar. Okay. So but it'll all get fixed by 2027 when everyone will be paying 25%. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure that um, looking into my into um, our crystal ball, I don't believe this Liberal government will survive. And if the Labor Party take over, then of course we've got to brace ourselves for whatever changes Change they decide come. to make. Yeah, because they've they've indicated that they think that giving a five percent tax cut to the big end of town um, is unpalatable, and, and they've marketed that quite. Um, quite successfully. The only problem that with that is what the rest of the world is doing. And if you leave Australia paying thirty cents in the dollar, which again, I, to me, it's a good, it's a decent rate. I mean, I yeah. don't, I've never had a problem with that. And small businesses, you know, as, as we've discussed on your program before, they pay it at thirty percent. It comes out as a dividend, so it, yeah. it'll always be whatever the individual rate is. But at the big end of town, when you're competing on a global stage and the world is getting smaller. If you have a, um, <clears throat> a megalomaniac president over in the US um, that manages to get a corporate tax rate down to 15% or 20%, then, um, then all of a sudden yeah. we've got a problem. Yeah. We've got a massive yeah. problem because yeah. um, because we, we lose a lot of our investment. So it's a really, it's a fine balancing act. And yeah, in the meantime, I just don't know how to complete a return <laughs> for the first time in 36 years. <laughs> yeah. And as we say, anything could happen in the next 10 years anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Can I give you some... Can I give you some breaking news? Yeah. Have you got two seconds for breaking news? This yeah. is hot off the press. Um, this morning, um, the ATO, 250 officers from the ATO have raided um, the offices of a handful of tax agents, oh. apparently 11 tax agents, uh, that they believe are involved in, um, in fraud activity, just in Phoenix phoenixing activity, um, shutting down companies. So um, they've, they've used their formal access powers and they've done it with no notice. So oh. there's there's one where yeah they've they've invoked their formal access powers and um, yeah 250 officers, 11 sites across Victoria, are cracked cracked down on phoenixing phoenixing um, activities. These is when you yeah. um, where people set you know set companies up and then just allow them to unfold um, owing lots of money to the ATO. So usually they're done with notice and you know with cooperation and we want to come and have a look at these ones have been done with no notice they've uh -huh. turned up bolt cutters um security guards push people out of the roads we act, we need access to your file service so you might see a bit more of that on the news i was gonna say news will be interesting this evening yeah yeah, yeah. great well thanks for your time again tony and, okay. and no totally confusing us we'll have a chat with you again <laughs> next month good on you thanks julian thank you bye-bye Tony Vidray there with that confusion in corporate rate tax rates. Time to pop over and have our chat on innovation with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's a beautiful sunny day today. It is indeed. So we're going to talk about three ways to maintain our company culture. Yes. So really three simple ways um, or to reinvigorate, to, to invent, to whatever it is that, that different businesses are up to with company culture because some... Um, Believe it or not, there are some businesses out there that haven't even considered the prospect of a company culture and the benefits uh, to the organisation, particularly to the bottom line, of a strong company culture. Uh, but So the first thing is, tell people why you exist. So tell your staff primarily why you exist. We love story. We've been telling stories since the year dot. Um, 
you know, we tell stories all throughout history. We tell stories through song. We tell stories through novels. We tell stories through dramas. And we all, we all have always captured history through stories. So tell the story of why the business started. Many business started it because of something. So yeah. some, at some point there was a recognition of a pain point. And my favorite example of that um, is the embrace uh, embrace thermal um, wrap that saves premature babies in India uh, because there was a recognised and identified pain point about the fact that babies that were born in villages weren't actually making it to the hospitals where they had humidity cribs that potentially could save them. So there was a pain mm. point that was recognised, a product called Embrace was developed. So, so um, that's the why of our company, isn't it? It is. It well. It can, yes. In this case, the pain point was yeah. the why. So, um, in actual case, the pain, the the very basis of that of the embrace was that it was a student assessment task that was set okay. at Stanford University as part of um, the IDEO group. And then, as they got more and more into um, the product, uh, or as they got more and more into the pain point that they had originally identified, which was we need more humidity cribs um, in Indian hospitals in order to save premature babies because there's too many of them dying. They actually went back through a series, and maybe we can talk about this next week in full. They went back through a series of um, of stages of interviews and experiences, and found out that that actually wasn't the problem. Mm. The problem was happening in the villages. So that's where the identification of the embrace came from. Mm. Some people had a vision, and and this is probably more where the why is the instigator um, of of the business in the first place. Starbucks. I'll just use that as an example. So. They wanted to be, they recognised that there was a, from the time that you left home in the morning to go to work and then the time that you got to work, there was that transition period where people would call in somewhere, grab a cup of coffee, walk out sort of thing. What Starbucks wanted to do was they wanted to create the home away from home that was their coffee shop where you could go in and it was that interim space between work and home but you felt like you belonged you felt a sense of welcoming yeah. so that was they had the vision to be something um, more than just a coffee shop some people needed a change in their life or, or there were circumstances that created um, a need for change and my favorite example of that and, and probably a little unusual uh, is the body shop Anita Roddick was faced by her husband yeah. who said darling I'm going to, to climb the Himalayas you know I'm going to climb mountains for two years I'll see you when I get back and she had two young children so all these stories that are behind the businesses I'm, yeah are engaging yeah so and, and the other two ways to maintain the company culture so the, okay create rituals so if you create a ritual within your organization whether it's an award we've spoken before about um blue chili and blue chili give out an award for the worst idea of the month but the ritual with that is that you have to tell people what you learnt and what went wrong so that other people in the company can't make a mistake or don't mm. make a mistake. Another ritual might be a stand-up five-minute meeting when you when you get to work first thing or, you know, last thing at the end of the day. Another ritual between, say, um, solo entrepreneurs might be that you have an accountability call. So you might you might phone a friend, so to speak, um, first thing in the morning and go, here's the things that I really need to achieve today especially when you work on your own, it's really nice to have that accountability buddy. Um, you know, here's what I want to achieve today. And at the end of the day, you could do the follow-up accountability call that says, here's what I did achieve today and here's the things that I didn't get to and here's why. So creating a ritual helps okay. behaviours. And the last uh, way to maintain com company culture, and we just got about uh, half a minute. Yep. Qu 
quickly. Okay, so make artifacts. So physical physical objects um, are a really powerful way to express and reinforce what's important to us as well. So they can show you, they can remind you, they can actually be looking at you, staring at you, or you can be looking at them, staring at them, and they are a reminder of what you want your company culture to stand for. Excellent. That sounds great. And, uh, yeah, we might have a chat about that other uh, um, humidity cribs. Yeah, it's a great case study. Great case study. Yep, okay, we'll talk about that next week. You have a great week and we'll have a chat with you next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week too. You too. Bye-bye. Christina there with three ways to maintain your company culture. It's it's important to share that with uh, people in your organisation, isn't it? Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one, as we said, was make good writing a part of your skill set. Good writers distinguish themselves at work. We write all the time, proposals to clients, memos to leaders, emails to colleagues, but we often don't think about improving our writing. To communicate effectively and win business, learn to write simply, clearly and precisely. The mistake many people make is writing prematurely. They work out thoughts as they're writing, which makes their argument meandering and repetitive. Ask yourself, What should my audience know about reading this? Make your point up front and don't use three words when one word would do. For example, there's no need to say general consensus of opinion when consensus works. Similarly, avoid jargon. If you rely on $10 words too much, readers will think you're on autopilot or don't know what you're saying. Avoid terms like actionable, core competency, impactful etc and don't be afraid to ask someone for feedback so some interesting points there we can always improve our writing can't we well thank you for being with me for the last half hour we i hope you've enjoyed the program we've looked at uh, a little bit of confusion there around the corporate tax rates and ways to maintain our company culture in a moment jane klein will be back with you for uh, with your with sorry with more of your easy listening favourites next week we'll have our minute on innovation with Christina we're going to have a chat with a, a law lecturer and we'll have some more business and legal news and views that affect your business I'd love your company again for business the law and you at the same time next week until then have an exciting and prosperous week and as Abraham Maslow once said if the only tool you have is a hammer you tend to see every problem as a nail.